to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So welcome everybody. Happy Sunday. I say happy Sunday and then a book about anxiety, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully though, we've had a, a good month using Zen and the Age of Anxiety by Tim Burkett to explore both the idea, of course, of anxiety. And there's so many things that could be anxiety producing in the world right now. Uh, but hopefully we've managed to flip that each week. Each week we've taken a source of anxiety and then in some cases we've demysticized it. In some cases we We've analyzed it. In some cases, we've just leaned into it and allowed it to pass through us. But we've been learning uh, various ways of coping with the anxiety of modern life. The first week, we talked about just acknowledging that knowing how our brain works is curative. Knowing that, yes, we're, we're all subject to anxiety. It's, it's built into us from the earliest times of civilization, that when we see something out of place, that initial flood of, uh, of flight or fight hormones and activities in our bodies, it simply creates that feeling. And, and uh, no matter what kind of training we have, we're not going to dispel that initial feeling of anxiety. It's simply the way our brain works. And knowing that allows us to settle into it, just to allow it to flood through us, knowing that it will pass, knowing that like all emotions, it will pass and that we don't have to act upon it. We also talked about using the physical means of breathing, of counting to 10, of doing some of the little tricks that we, uh, that we can have to allow those emotions to process through us, to reflect on them rather than act on them. Last week, we learned to accept setbacks as a way to release the fear of failure. One anxiety that we almost all share is the thought that we're not good enough or that we may not perform well enough or the idea that we have to be perfect at something from the get-go. And, and, and we processed through that last week knowing that accepting a setback is just the normal part of life. I'm not going to be perfect at something. I don't have to have that anxiety around perfection. It's perfectly acceptable, perfectly normal. And last week you learned even perhaps a good thing to occasionally have setbacks. It's good to know what doesn't work (laughs) as you're on the way to figuring out what does work, right? And then last week we also learned out to seek out wisdom to dissipate the fear of the unknown. Something that's up for everybody on the planet right now is that anxiety that comes with not knowing what tomorrow will bring. And in fact, uh, you probably have heard the board of directors made the decision that for September we're going to be closed again and and just have virtual services because there's enough of a concern of safety and health uh, that we've just decided to do uh, virtual services in September. So, So we have to be okay with the unknown. We can actually look forward to the coming days even though we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Well, now you might say, I've missed some of the source of anxiety. Right now, there's global warming. There's all kinds of things going on in the world that can bring up anxiety in us. And, and of course, there's no way we're going to extend this series long enough to cover every possible anxiety on the planet. And instead, I want to finish up this month with two clear sources 
of the dissipation of anxiety. Two things that we can actively do that no matter what the source is, we can allow that feeling to melt away. And the first one I think I need to introduce with my joke. So an American meditation student traveled over land and sea to seek tutelage with a certain lama high in the Tibetan mountains. The lama was known for an astonishing number of devoted students who had shed most of their attachments and were living in peace and relative enlightenment. Well, the would-be American student approached the lama with grace, knelt at his feet, and asked a question. O oh, wise Lama, tell me, how am I to spend my time here, and how long must I practice before I can lose my anxiety, lose my attachments to the woes of the world? The Lama looked up and replied, In the morning you'll meditate for two hours. At midday you'll do chores for two hours. In the afternoon you'll contemplate for two hours. And after dinner we will chant together for one hour before we retire for the evening. The Lama smiled. If you do these things, my son, you may reach enlightenment in ten years. Well, the American student looked consternated. He, he asked another question. Oh, venerable one, if I meditated for three hours, if I worked for three hours, if I contemplated for three hours, oh, or if I double my practice, if I work twice as hard, then how long? The Lama smiled even more brightly. Twenty years, he said. <laughs> So the first remedy to anxieties of all sorts really is being in the present moment, not trying to envision what's going to happen in 10 years, not dwelling in the past, not imagining what life would be if and if. And you know, it doesn't really make any difference whether you're catastrophizing about the future or if you're planning the most rosy and wonderful future. The reality is you can only be happy right in this present moment. You can't guarantee that any amount of planning will produce happiness in the future. And likewise, you're unable to change an unhappy moment from the past into some kind of happiness. The only thing you can do for certain is create within your own self happiness in this particular moment. Now, it might occur to you, well, yeah, but it's also in this particular current moment that I'm feeling anxiety, right? I mean, I may have been anxious yesterday and I may be anxious tomorrow, but no, it was right now when I read the newspaper article this morning about what's going on in Afghanistan. I was anxious right in the moment, Larry. So, so don't tell me that, that living in the moment is the panacea to all anxiousness. But I do want to make a little suggestion to you. Have you thought about the present moment as the indicator of how you might choose to feel? So I know we're well up on the hurricane that just settled off the coast of Louisiana. I, I know that we've heard about some of the bombings that are going on in Afghanistan this week. I know that we have that news. But look around you right in this room, in this present moment and in this place, we are safe together. In this present moment and in this place, there is love. 
Now, I know sometimes it's hard to see that. I know that sometimes we allow the past and worry about the future to color the present moment. But if you are willing, you can find happiness right now. You can find safety right now. You can find love right now. In fact, in fact, if you're willing, just close your eyes for just a moment. Just allow yourself to sit comfortably. Allow yourself to breathe easy. I know there may be thoughts of the news cycle running through your mind. You may have prepped yourself this morning with reading the newspaper or, or learning of current events. Just allow that to go for a moment. Allow the busyness of your mind to quiet a bit. You can pick it up later, honest. It'll be there. In this moment, see if you can sense the presence of the people around you. Just allow your intuition just to sense the living presence of the other people in the sanctuary today. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have perhaps different hopes for the future, different pasts that have brought us to this point. But in this moment, our spirits are whole and perfect, made in God's image, filled with love, capable and lovable. It's who we are. And it's true for everyone in this room. It's true for everyone on this planet. But, but for now, just sense the love, the light, the compassion, the joy. Just sense this room if you can. You have the power to bring yourself to this place of peace, of love, of contentment at any time. And so you can open your eyes now. You know, this is one of the contemplative exercises that is available to you always. Whether you're standing in line, whether you're uh, uh, on the freeway even. Uh, of course, you wouldn't want to close your eyes <laughs> if you're on the freeway. But you, have, but you have the power nonetheless to see the good in things. To allow yourself to experience the present moment, not as a time where there's a war in some far-flung place or, or where there's a, someone in a hospital bed somewhere. Yes, those things are true. But in this present moment, in every present moment, you can find something that's beautiful. You can find something that's peaceful. You can, in your own heart, sense the, the love that you have for your friends and your family. These are totally within your control. The news cycle's out of your control. What is happening somewhere else or at some other time, your past has already been written, and the future is unknown. But in this exact moment, you have such sublime control over what you're thinking and what you're feeling. You simply have to distract yourself, perhaps, from some of the thoughts that have swirled around. And that, with training, can be as easy as distracting yourself from anything. 
So I used to live in a neighborhood where there was a park just a few blocks away, and I had one little dog, and I used to take her out always in the morning to go for a walk. It was our habit to walk through the park, and then we'd go a little further, and then we'd walk through the park on the way back. And I still remember one day that we were walking through that park. It was pretty early in the morning. We used to go on pretty early walks, and it was before like school or, or work time, and there happened to be a, a father and uh, and probably a child about you know preschool age or maybe first grade and you could tell they were getting ready to go to preschool or something and they were just spending a a moment in the park together and I thought well isn't that sweet you know the ability just for uh, this couple uh, to be in the park before their busy day started but I noticed as the little girl was playing on um, one of those turntable things I can't remember even what they're called but like a little merry-go-round where the kids push themselves I was noticing the day Dad's on his cell phone and having some kind of, it sounded like, heated or unpleasant conversation on the cell phone. You know, the dog and I walked through, and as we're coming back, I notice he's still on the cell phone, and the daughter is kind of looking up expectantly at him like, you know, what's, what's going on here? And I realized, I realized that I, too, so often miss out on the joy and the energy and the love that is right in front of me. That I allow myself to be distracted by things that are simply not as important as what's going on right in the moment. Now, I have every reason to believe that this father was doing something important, you know, planning a meeting later in the day or responding to an urgent client or something like that. And yet, he was anywhere but in the present moment and in the present place with his daughter. And at the time, I felt so sad for that man. What was most important in his entire life was right there, wanting to be loved, wanting to bring the joy and excitement that, that only a preschooler can bring to the world, right? That, that sense of innocence, that sense of joy, that sense of, of just exuberance, that was there for him, and he was missing out on it. So one of the, the key elements to dismissing anxiety of any kind is your willingness to be fully present and to find what it is you're seeking, not in the future, not replaying the past, but there's beauty right here. Did you not almost gasp when you walked in and saw these flowers? I mean, I don't know where Kat got these flowers, but I have never seen gladiolas this big and beautiful before, right? And did you notice when you came in just how there was a sense of peace in the room? I, in particular, noticed it today. Even before I got my first hug, there was, it's almost like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like I walked from outside to inside and just felt peace like a fog at the beach. I just felt that today, and I knew that we together were going to make something 
beautiful out of today together in a way that we may never have a chance to feel these same feelings and be together in this exact way. Part, part of it was me knowing that we're going to go for a month without being physically together. Part of it was me, right? I, make, I know I'm making it up in my own head, right? But I think that's the key. That's what I want to share with you. You have the power to create happiness, to create unity, to create joy in your own mind. And that's as real as it gets, honestly. It's in your own mind. You have the power to do that always. Well, I do have one more thing to share with you today. And I better get on with it or we'll run out of time. Um, the other thing I wanted to share with you as a perfect antidote to anxiety is anti-anxiety. I know some of you are like, he's making up more words again. <laughs> we need to get the glossary out here. But one of the things I learned through brain chemistry as I was studying some of the material in this book is that we are not multi-processing people where our emotions are concerned. Have you ever thought about that before? We cannot be sad and happy at the same time. We cannot be anxious and delighted at the same time. We can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. And so one of the keys to dissipating anxiety is simply to flood yourself with something that isn't anxious. It, it reminded me of a client that I worked with a few years ago who was suffering from, uh, well, I don't know if her depression was clinical or not. That That isn't, you know, my ballywick. I mean, I, she, she was seeing uh, someone in the medical profession and, and perhaps was on some kind of medication for clinical depression. But, but of course, uh, we were there on the spiritual level. And I said, well, you know, have you thought about the times in your life when you've been particularly happy? Was the outside world in particular any different? And she said, well, no, you have a point there. This just seems to be a heaviness in my life that's independent of what's going on. And I said, well, can you use your own knowledge, though, about your past and your past experiences so that you could almost create a happiness playlist? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, uh, probably you're familiar with the idea of a mixtape or a playlist, uh, and, uh, and you get to pick all the songs you want on it. Have you thought of your life as a playlist? And could you not create a happiness playlist? In the same way, my partner Daniel is a, is a DJ. And so uh, we have a playlist for driving in the car that keeps us awake. We have a <laughs> And honestly, he's super good at, as a DJ. Of course, he's super good at this. You know, we, we have a, a playlist that we can put on when we're doing housework. And boy, does it go fast, <laughs> right? And, and so I thought to myself, have you thought of putting together a playlist of, of music, of activities, of friends that you know will just be like a flood of happiness and excitement and joy into your life. And I could see even as I was talking to my client, her face lit up because she knew exactly what I was talking about. She said, oh, you're right. She said, as an example, there, I cannot watch a Mel Brooks movie without laughing out loud. She said, I could just put on, she said, it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. If I put on blazing saddles, <laughs> within like 10 minutes, I'm laughing. And she said, but isn't that just tricking me? And I said, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. And like, so it was, it was very fun. Within a, a few weeks, we saw each other again. And she'd actually gotten a, a three-ring binder, and she had a section of happy music that she liked. She had a section also, which I hadn't even thought about, of people that would always raise her spirits, which I thought was a lovely one, right? Because sometimes you just want to talk to someone. It's like, it's like putting on happy music is great, but sometimes you want to you want to listen and be heard. And she had a list of people, some of them good friends, some of them people that she talks to rarely, but they're people that were always pretty upbeat, always, quote, on her side and would listen to her. She was amazing, and I think this really did help lift her out of some of her depressive episodes. So, happiness. The other thing that you can do, uh, which I think might be particularly important right now, if you want to flood yourself with happiness, maybe you need to adjust what you're allowing your mind to be flooded with right now. So, how many of us, just this morning, already know about the hurricane in Louisiana and uh, the bombing in the airport in Afghanistan. And Okay. And, and I'm not saying that we should put our heads in the sand. I mean, I, I don't. I want to know what's going on in the world. But how many of you know that a 12-year-old boy in Ireland won the science fair this week and has created a way of precipitating microplastics out of water using only household ingredients that are 100% biodegradable. He's 12. <laughs> now, why is it that you're only hearing that at church today, right? What, why is it that that isn't news that you wouldn't have known unless you sought it out. I made a list of things going right in the world. Would you mind? Would you indulge me a little bit? You know, we are so stuck with uh, typical American news, which is, by definition, negative. The, the news agencies want to be on the edge, the bleeding edge, so to speak, of, of all of the outrageous and negative things that are happening. But... Did you know that scientists just this last week developed a diffuser which keeps bugs from harming plants? Aromatherapy for crops. <laughs> Essential oils, just like you would do aromatherapy in your home, they have figured out how to upscale that for agriculture totally pesticide-free. The bugs simply don't like being around certain kinds of smells. Did you know that just this last week an Oklahoma mom helped an all-girl robotics team in Afghanistan safely escape, and in the period of a week she has organized the people in her small town to have them all with scholarships into college when they arrive in the United States. Just an average football mom, right? Did you know that this week, a Swedish firm delivered the world's first commercial batch of green steel 
to Volvo. This is steel that has been produced without any emissions. Volvo now has the capability of making literally green cars. Not, not only can they be electric so the cars themselves aren't emitting, but the process of getting the steel to them is carbon neutral now. Did you know that? Did you, have, you had to come to church to find this out. And why is this? Did you know that a couple in Sri Lanka discovered a half-ton sapphire in their yard this week? <laughs> they were digging a well in their, in their personal property and, uh, and ran across something that the, that the drill bed or whatever they used to drill the well wouldn't go through. And so they're working to dig it out and it looked like it's kind of a strange thing. And here in their yard, they discovered a sapphire worth $140 million dollars in their yard. <laughs> it's like, wh why, why instead do we know some of the awful things that we know in the news cycle today? You have the power. You have the power over creating a balanced set of information for yourself. Now, some of you might be saying, well, Larry, but you're doing the human interest stories, right? You're doing the puff pieces, and I would, uh, I would counter that in a couple different ways. Uh, for one way, all the negative stuff we have are human interest stories too. They're just negative human interest stories. So, so why not balance them out with some positive human interest stories? They're there. I happen to glean these just from the, uh, the Good News Network on, uh, on my computer, but there are a variety of sources of, of more balanced and good news out there that you can simply have set up for your own feed to receive every day. But for those of you who are saying, let's get to the more important things in life, I would like to suggest that some of the other things that we're anxious about, some of the big things, also have good news associated with them. Now, I know that we're particularly we're worried about COVID-19 right now. And in fact, the, the center, uh, because of the number of cases and hospitalizations here in Oregon, we've decided uh, to be virtual in September. But I thought it would be interesting to look up the mortality for different diseases and troubles in the world. Like what are people literally dying of? And not surprising whatsoever, for years and years and years, it's been heart disease and then cancer and then accidents, believe it or not, car accidents, falling off a ladder, those kinds of things. And then a, a list of other uh, things like diabetes and, and other diseases that are, that are pretty well known. Well, not surprisingly, in 2020, COVID-19 snuck in above accidents. So in America, COVID-19 was the third leading cause of death. But what I noticed was they're starting to uh, filter the data for this year. Guess where the death rate for vaccinated people is on the chart of even the top 100 causes of death? It's not in the top 100. If you are vaccinated, your chances of dying of COVID-19, it's like down on the list, like 385. It's like your chances are better of being killed by a spider bite. Did you know that? 
I mean, we knew that for most people, vaccination is an option. For most people, we know uh, that it's helpful. But did you have any idea how helpful it is? If you are vaccinated, now, now don't get me wrong, I still want to be wearing a mask when I go to the supermarket. I want to keep myself and other people safe. I want to minimize my risk. Absolutely. I mean, I'm washing my hands till someday they're sore, and that's a good thing. I want everybody to be safe. And at the same time, whew, do I need to be anxious about it? I don't think so. I'm not anxious about driving to the store. I'm not anxious. Uh, uh, when I was telling Daniel this, he, he nodded and reminded me that last Thanksgiving, I fell off the, the little step stool that I use to get the Thanksgiving platter. Uh, so, so our kitchen has these cabinets that are, like go all the way to the ceiling. And so he reminded me that I'd fallen off that. And he said, but are you scared that Thanksgiving's coming again? <laughs> But he totally had a point. I love him. He totally had a point, though. I'm not anxious about that, right? And, and, and I will take precautions. Like next time, he'll probably steady me as I'm getting the platter down, right? It's like we need to do what we need to be safe. But then once we have assimilated that appropriate level of risk, it's like let's not be anxious about it. I'm not going to be worried about my driving, going to the store. I'm not going to be anxious that Thanksgiving is coming and I need to be up on a stool. And so therefore, I'm not going to be anxious about getting COVID. I'm going to do what I need to do to be safe, but anxiety, I'll just leave that for someone else. So the other thing that's on a lot of people's minds these days is global warming, right? When we hear about the hurricanes, when we ourselves just went through, uh, well, last year, the, the wildfires that had the smoke, and this year, the terrible effects of global warming in terms of our own heat here in the Willamette Valley. But did you know we are making a dent in global warming already. So far in 2021, this is just this year, six remarkable milestones have been made in the area of renewable energy. Number one, a half a million people in DR Congo have been supplied with solar power. It's the largest single installation to come online in the world. A half a million people at one time in one of the poorest countries in the world, has gone solar. 93 gigawatts of wind power have been added so far in 2021. That's the biggest increase ever in a single year. In Germany, 20% of vehicles being produced are electric in this year. 20% of the vehicles in Germany, electric. But the largest pension plan in the world which happens to be in South Korea, it's actually bigger than the social security system, which is also considered a pension plan. The largest pension plan in the world in South Korea is now free of all pollution-producing investments. So their entire social security system is only invested in things that are green. Spain has hit a 50% renewable energy milestone this year. 50% of the power in the entire country of Spain is renewable power. 
And the sixth one, the, the G7, the seven largest of developed countries, have all agreed to stop financing all coal projects by the end of this year. And it includes the U.S. So th- that doesn't mean they're going away, but what it means is no public money in any of the seven largest countries in the world, no public money will be spent on any kind of coal-created energy. That is huge. We're, pull- we're pulling the finances for one of the biggest polluting things on the planet. And last but not least... Global emissions in 2020 plunged by 2 billion tons, the largest absolute decline in the history of humanity was in 2020. And most of this, around 1 billion tons of global emissions, was reduced due to lower use for oil in terms of transportation. So are you feeling better? I hope so. This is what a flood of good news can do for you. This is you being willing to take a different look at the information that comes to you, perhaps to seek it out. Check out the Good News Network online. Check out other sources that are more balanced. Check out even something as simple as National Public Radio. Its articles tend to be more evenly balanced. Yes, you will hear about floods and famine, but you will also hear about some of the wonderful things going on in the planet. Please do not assume that the news is telling you we're all going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. We're not. We're actually doing really well. Let me close with a quote from the book in a prayer. He says, In Western culture, we hold hope in the highest regard, as if wishing and hoping were our most important commodities. In reality, however, hope and fear are two sides of the same coin. Hope always involves fear. When we hope for a certain outcome, it is because we fear there may be some other outcome. But you know, it is not hope that sustains us during difficult times. It is the courage to be simply and totally where and when we are. The present moment. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, one joy, one peace. There's only this one thing. All the many qualities of God bound up in this one consciousness of spirit. And it is truly every good thing. And so for today, I internalize that. I'm, I'm willing to see my life through the lens of joy, through the lens of love, through the lens and the, the consciousness of peace and joy, of abundance. I know that they are there for me. God's love is my love. God's joy is mine to have and to hold. And as it is true for me, it is true for every one of us. Each one of us can find whatever we desire in this present moment. It's easy for us to put aside our anxieties using some of the techniques that we have learned this month. And it is easy for us to lean in to the good news that is all around us. And so for this, I give great thanks. I let it be, and so it is.
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.